I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, episode 88 of this program here. We're creeping up on 100. Probably going to deliver that program uh, or that episode rather from isolation. That'll be uh, a little bit gloomy, but we'll make uh, sure that we, we celebrate it appropriately. Just 12 episodes away from our 100th episode. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, thank you for being along for the ride so far. It's been a ton of fun. Uh, uh, you know, until obviously the pandemic hit and our whole world got turned upside down and it got interesting. Uh, but nonetheless, I am grateful to you uh, for tuning in and being a part of this show as we get it up and running and uh, get our footing and uh, feel strong and hit our stride. Hopefully we are serving you well. I'd love to hear what you think, of course, uh, and you are welcome to weigh in at any time. Uh, best way to do so is via the Utah Community Credit Union text line 5750 Zero. We have been spending a lot of time today talking about uh, businesses. We heard first off from the governor uh, as part of his Utah Leads Together 2.0 plan where there are some baby steps being taken uh, to revitalize uh, at least, if not reopen, uh, some of the aspects of our economy which have been shut down. He mentioned specifically gyms, uh, restaurants, elective medical procedures may be back up and running uh, late April, early May. We'll see how all that plays out to see if uh, that optimism and those goals uh, are supported by the science and the trajectory of our uh, numbers here in the state. Uh, so far, uh, now we didn't hear directly from Dr. Dunn today. I'm anxious to speak to her on Monday, which uh, we will likely do. Uh, I'd like to hear her analysis of all this from a medical perspective. Uh, she is the one state epidemiologist, of course, uh, giving us, uh, I think, uh, the best look uh, at the science here in the state of Utah. So that's what's been going on. We've been paying attention to business in particular. We spoke just a moment ago uh, to Senator Dan Hemmert up at Utah's Capitol Hill. Well, actually, he's at home today. All of the legislators are, except for uh, Senate President Stuart Adams. He is presiding from the Senate chambers uh, and also Speaker of the Utah House of Representatives, uh, Brad Wilson. He is presiding from the Speaker's chair. But all the rest of them, uh, they're in their gym jams at home watching uh, via the video conferencing. Actually, uh, I, I, they may not be in their gym jams. Uh, from the waist up, though, uh, I have seen they are uh, very appropriately dressed. It's kind of funny to see that juxtaposition of uh, folks, uh, the men in their suits and ties and jackets, uh, and then in the background, it's like, uh, you know, their, <laughs> their, their hideaway, their, their offices, and some of it's a little bit of a mess. Anyway, I interesting sight uh, nonetheless. Now, uh, I want to turn my attention to an expert, and if I'm honest, uh, this guy we're about to speak to spoke to him a number of times here on this program. He's one of those guys who is like so smart, it's intimidating. Uh, he's one of those guys who's uh, so smart, I get self-conscious about the questions I ask because he 
probably says to himself, oh, son, that's adorable. Let me tell you how it is. Uh, he's just got a great mind uh, for things, and I welcome his expertise to this program every day. Uh, and that is uh, Miles Hansen, president and CEO of World Trade Center Utah, here to talk to us today about how uh, businesses here in the state are faring uh, in this new reality in which we find ourselves. So, uh, and so, uh, sir, uh, Mr. Hansen, how you doing? I'm I'm doing good, Lee. Thank you for that introduction. Totally unwarranted. And but I do want you to tell that to my kids. Oh, okay, very I good. Got kicked out of the house for I just got kicked out of my house for failing at being a homeschool teacher. So I'm oh, glad to no. know that, that somebody thinks I've, I've got some expertise out there. How they uh, certainly don't. How old are your kids? So I've got a, I've got five of them. The oldest is nine. Youngest is two. And they're spread out a, about a couple years between them. So we've got a third grader, first grader, and a kindergartner. And well, let me tell you, a homeschool is going about like you'd expect it to be going around here. So <laughs> what, if you hear the... some uh, young and screaming in the background, that's just an average day in the Hanson household these days. All right. Well, very good. I admire you. I've, uh, I've, my uh, little one, we haven't quite moved into homeschooling mode. She's only five and a half months old. Uh, she's pretty much just learning how to sleep through the night, which is a challenge in itself. Uh, let me ask you, Mr. Hanson, again, President and CEO, World Trade Center, Utah, uh, how are businesses doing? You know, Lee, this is an incredible difficult time for small businesses, and we, we all recognize that. But let me tell you, there's been a lot in the news about the Paycheck Protection Program. It was it's out of, it's out out of money, very, so very I've heard. Quick. Yep, it's, it's out of money, and we'll talk about that in a second. But first off, I just want to emphasize how much it has helped small businesses in, in the state. Uh, more than 21,000 applications were approved here in Utah for Utah Small Businesses valued at roughly $3.7 billion. And so for a program that has been in the news a lot for having problems, it's done a whole lot of good for the state, injecting $3.7 billion into support Utah small businesses. And so that is a phenomenal uh, success story, even while we recognize that it's insufficient. And that's why we've been working out with the congressional delegation, and I know Congress, uh, at least on the Republican side, is working very, very hard to get additional funding authorized because there are still many small businesses in the state who are eligible, and we just need to get some more funding so we can get their applications approved as well. Let me ask you this. This is a a thought that's been bouncing around in my head for a while, and it has to do with some of the advice we may have gotten, uh, say, in our personal finance classes, if we ever took them in college or if we were lucky enough to have them in high school. And it was to be uh, prepared, at least as far as our personal household economy goes, uh, to to weather a storm that could last up to six months or so. Uh, We're looking at now two months. Uh, or so, let's say three months. Um, is it is it common for businesses not to be able to absorb a, a or at least weather a storm of zero revenue over the the, the course of three months? You know, Lee, a few years ago, J.P. Morgan Chase did a study, and they found that the average small business in the United States has enough savings to last just 27 days. And so, unfortunately, many businesses, just looking at those numbers in the average. I don't have more to survive uh, with zero revenue for more than a month. And so here we are two months in, and, you know, there's there's lots to be said about, you know, personal preparedness. I know in the United States, uh, on average, we are not good in individual households at having sufficient savings. And so I think one lesson we can take from this uh, once we get through this is that that, those rainy day funds are absolutely critical. Um, But what we find is, you know, we're two months in. If the average company has, you know, a month's worth of savings, that's why these programs have been so, uh, so important to try to keep payroll, keep rent utilities and everything else. And the hope, I think, for all of us is that once we get through this again, 
uh, we can figure out how do we make sure that we are better prepared as businesses and as families and individuals moving forward. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you one last question. We have uh, about 60 seconds left in the segment. It has to do with uh, the stimulus dollars that are landing in folks' bank accounts today, uh, some $1,200 uh, per qualifying American, plus some extra money for the kids. Uh, let's say, I, I've been asking this question to, to everyone I can think of, anyone who will listen to me ask, I, I've been peppering them with this question. Let's say that the, there is a, a, the hypothetical pool of people who are, throughout this coronavirus deal, have maintained their employment. They They've maintained their income. They're able to uh, pay the rent, pay the mortgage, uh, keep food on the shelves, roof uh, over their head, clothes on their back and all that. Uh, And yet they are still uh, eligible for this $1,200 per person that makes its way into their bank account. What can folks do in that situation, the ones who find this $1,200 and uh, and are in a position to treat it as uh, essentially disposable income. How can they best put those dollars to work to aid in the revitalization of the economy, not only of the state, but of the country? Yeah, I know you, for those people, they've covered basic needs. Uh, they've got the rainy day fund. They're taking care of, they've already taken care of high interest debt. Then they can use that money. They can use it to buy gift cards to the small businesses that are shut. Go to the nail salon you like to go to and buy a big gift card, buy a bunch of products. Uh, order, takeout, find ways to re-inject this money back into the economy to support the small businesses that are under so much pressure right now. And if, if you do that and you still get more disposable income, then the, the Food Bank, United Way, there are many, uh, many other organizations that are plugging in to support the neediest segments of our population and that would be another great use of those funds. Outstanding. Uh, that, that's the advice we've been hearing from all angles. Thank you for, for adding your voice to that choir. Uh, Miles Hansen, President and CEO of World Trade Center Utah. Uh, smart guy on all things money, business, and otherwise. Grateful to him for his time. Uh, look forward to speaking to you again. Uh, take care of those kids as you uh, head back into the homeschool classroom. Uh, Miles Hansen, my <laughs> guest. Right. I'm walking back into the, into the battle zone. <laughs> all right. Good luck to you. Day. All right, man. Uh, Quick break. One final segment of the day. We're going to be speaking to the immunology section chief at ARUP. Why? Uh, Well, because ARUP has undertaken some antibody testing, and that antibody testing is crucial, crucial to you and me as we take steps towards returning to normalcy. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.